0: Yeah, let's do that later, let's talk okay. about it. So the name of the Wat is uh, what, uh, wat, Lam-peng. Lam-peng.
1: wat Rampeng, Rat sorry, Rat Lampung. yeah. And I think it might be called uh, Wat Rampung Topo Ram, it's got like a full name. Um, and it's very accommodating to foreigners. Uh, the monks there speak English, Chinese, and Thai. A lot of them seem to do. Mm-hmm um and that's and near chiang mai yeah yeah it's actually very close to wat umong it's uh, just north of the airport
0: okay and umong is the wat that's associated with Bhikkhu buddha Dasa. <laughs> that's
1: correct yeah yeah yes. and i've been i've been to wat umong um on on a retreat too and although wat umong's retreats are much smaller and there's there's uh, much fewer people going there um the style at wat umong was much more uh laid back and uh much nicer much nicer experience at uh environment at at Wat Umong at Wat Rampung, it's quite you know you get a schedule that you have to follow and it's uh quite busy there's many retreatants there's m- many lay people coming and going um for celebrations or and for uh, making merit and for you know i don't know just visiting the temple Um, Hmm. but, uh, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to share my experience with Pung today. So they, I came to, um, I came to the office and the, the monk who oversees the, um, um, the foreigner retreats, um, his name was Sukito. Uh, he was very nice, but I, I shared, I shared, um, my experience like past meditation experience with him because he wanted to know and I said oh I'm, you know I, I'm really looking forward to like learning the Tama and he said oh we don't teach the Tama to uh, retreatants retreat we only teach the meditation practice you know so very Mahasi um, kind of yeah and as we talked about before the I think they they have the whole idea that you start with sati and it pulls the other things along it
0: does, but it takes 20 years. Yeah. Being associated with nobles pulls one along much faster. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yes, it's true that if they practice only sati, that eventually sati will bring one to the here now. And then um, the, the thing that's still missing in all of that is the whole point about right, noble effort to make a change, to change yeah. our thoughts, to change our feelings. And for some reason, that's gotten missing in the Burmese method. And uh, it seems that the Burmese method is still quite common. Not still, but I mean quite common in Thailand. It's almost like it's, it's on the Grove.
1: Mm, well, um, also in Chiang Mai, um, Ajahn Tong, uh, who I mean, people might be familiar with also, um, I his name now. Uh, I might have to do a quick Google search. He's, um, he used to be called Noah Greenwoods. Um, can you remember his Pali name? He's, he's a no. monk in Canada. Uh, some, some of the sangha group have, oh, Yotadama Bhikkhu, Yotadama y- Bhikkhu.
0: Yotadama, y- y- okay, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He also studied at Wat Chom Tong, where I went to before with uh, Adjan Tong, and, um, Ajian Tong, uh, learned Vipassana Northern Thailand style, then moved on over to, uh, Myanmar or Burma, and then, uh. Came back and then he he set up established all these uh, retreat centers, you know.
0: Oh. So that's why it's so common,
1: and that's why it's so like prevalent in this area.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That one guy goes around and sets up all of those retreat centers. Got it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Sounds like
0: he cared a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, he was good at his job. and I mean, we, this, this, I've seen on the Discord group as well with you know, discussions of, oh, should I trust this teacher if they don't smile, you know, if they, if they don't show joy? And Adjan Tong, I, I saw him I'm, before, um, he actually died two months, um, after my last retreat at, at Wet Jong Tong. And I saw him and, you know, met him because I couldn't really air quotes because I can't speak or understand Thai and there was no translator around. Um, but I did ceremonies with him and such. And he, yeah, he seemed really aware, really sharp. I can't remember if he was 96 or 90. Um, he, he might've been 96. Do you want me to Google it right now?
0: Uh, nope. Um, actually it would be better if you Googled it after we, we stop and put it on so that we can, uh, uh transfer that with this video
1: yeah so but that, i mean for being so old he was really really sharp and aware of everything that was going on but yeah i never saw him smile um and i'm guessing that's because you got the far on on the um Satipatana, uh wait a second anapanasati so to, you've got the uh four um tetrads right and you've got body feelings uh minds and and then uh tama, um
0: let's say it uh the stove and the wood is the mind and then the smoke and the heat is the dhamma dupasana
1: <laughs> can you repeat that one more time
0: is in the anapanasati the mind would be associated with the stove and the wood the firewood mm. and then the Nupasana is the heat and smoke that is produced okay. by the stove and the wood mm. okay another way to talk about it is mental states what state of mind you're in that the kind of thoughts that you will have will greatly depend upon the state of mind that you're in. For instance, what are the kinds of things that you say when you're really angry? Are those the same kind of things that you say when you're really afraid? No. Or are they quite, quite the opposite? Okay, so that's <laughs> the whole point. Um, and so the the anger would be a certain kind of wood, and the fear would be a different kind of wood, which would mm. produce different heats and different smokes yeah okay so another way of thinking about it is is that actually the stove is just the mind or the container that the wood actually is the feelings Vedana.
1: yeah yeah i can see that Hmm.
0: (laughs) the firewood that we put in there that gives all the smoke okay so that's uh, uh, um, a way of of understanding it uh the satipatthana
1: oh uh, sorry I, I was um i mean i guess it applies to to that but i was i was thinking of why uh, these teachers who who seem to be practicing uh, for most of their lives why they don't smile why they don't have the joy and we talked about with bhikkhu buddhadasa before he recommended going through all four of the tetrads of Anapanasati, developing the feelings um aspect of that uh moving on to the mind the yeah yeah where the joy comes from and if if people are if if monks they they go through life and and they um they intentionally don't develop that but skip right on to the dhamma at the end and then cut off the feelings without developing them then yeah they're going to be not attracted to anything um really uh, you know they're just going through through life um um you know, as as it is without trying to do anything else and just following the, the monk's rule and sustaining the body with mm-hmm. foods. Um, yes. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's why these um, uh, teachers who have practiced a lot, why they don't smile if they follow this insight practice rather than the whole thing.
0: I, I, have you ever heard of the terms uh, dry Vipassana? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Does that fit with this?
1: Yeah, I suppose so.
0: Okay, that's what the, the, the point is, is that the joy that is developed by developing the, field, uh, the, the feelings is juicy. <laughs> yeah. And that when people don't develop correctly, they still develop and they wind up there in the sense of uh, they got there with the dry method. Uh, to where arahats that practice that through the correct practice with the uh, development of feelings, they wind up in kind of a chuckle mm-hmm. rather than full-on joy and, and gladness. That in fact, if you have uh, overflowing buckets and buckets and buckets of joy, that too becomes ordinary, empty. All right, and so the ultimate would be uh, that the Buddha cracks a smile. Okay. You yeah. can't
1: deny you can't deny that. I mean, on all the statues, on most <laughs> of the statues that you see of the Buddha, yeah, there's that little smile, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's something that's missed, especially with um, the the eff- the effort, the right effort that people think that they're applying in these hard style meditation retreats they think that's the the length of the sit or the amount of sitting that they're doing uh Mm -hmm. when really it's about uh the effort to to change what's going on in the mind to make the right change
0: right this is why the Eightfold noble path and the four noble truths wind up as step 12 of that 16 stages of insight rather than right off the bat Okay, when the Buddha says he only teaches one thing, why do we have to have all of this stuff before we get to the uh, Four Noble Truths and the eightfold Noble Path? Um, and the answer to that is step 11. That strong determination to redouble the effort. And why? Because the student has got himself into a state of Fear, dread, misery, disgust, despair, and then a really strong motivation to get out of it, followed by the redoubling of the effort, step 11, followed by now they're going to start practicing correctly with the Eightfold Noble Path with all of its pieces and parts. Hmm so with Bhikkhu buddha Dasa's method is, is let's let's see if we could start with step 11 and get the students enthusiastic about doing it without him having to trudge through all of the dukkha yeah
1: sounds good
0: <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing is let's short circuit that thing and that's where the joy of the teacher comes into play because if the teacher has done the dry method, then that means that all of his students will have to work as hard and go through all of those processes and everything until the student on his own comes with the disgust and a strong desire to get out of it, followed by the redoubling of the effort. Hmm. Okay? And so every student has to figure it out on their own. And many do. And most don't
1: compliments to the abbot of of Wat though um mm-hmm. uh, his his name was um uh, Ajahn Supan Supan uh, I'm not, oh! I'm not,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay bell rings ding, ding 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 yes okay
1: he's actually very smiley you know he laughs at quite a lot uh, when he when he talks with uh, retreatants i can tell you know um He's coming from the right place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so Ajahn Tong, very, very serious, um, you know. <laughs> but um, Ajahn Supan was really, I mean, uh, you, you could see that joy.
0: Well, the same... She was his um, student. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was that last?
1: Uh, Supan was actually Tong's student. So, so it was, you know, Ajahn Tong, Ajahn Supan was a a student.
0: Okay, but Supan got the joy that his teacher Tong did not.
1: Did not seem to
0: have. Did not seem to have, right, okay. Well, an observer will see what the body is doing, which is a reflection of what's in the, in the mind. Mm. So the mind is the forerunner for all behavior. The smile does not come from the lips, by the lips, and pull the lips. The smile comes out of the mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and so uh, we can't tell what thought someone has in their mind. We don't know. Some people are actually quite good at deception. So you really don't know. But you can have a good guide in the sense of their behavior. Yeah. So, if somebody's agitated, you may not see their mind agitated, but you can sure see their foot wiggling. Yeah. <laughs> crossing their legs at the ankle or crossing their legs at the knee, and that foot's just shaking and shaking and shaking. Okay. And the place where that happens most often is at a hospital or a doctor's office. Second most common place for it to happen is in a travel place like the railroad station bus stops, uh, uh, airplane uh, hangars, those kind of places. It's when people get really agitated, but they don't want anybody to see how agitated they are, but it leaks out anyway. Yeah. To those who are observing. So back to the point about the smile, that you could also see another path other than the ones that we've been talking about, and that was going back to that cracking of the smile, is, is that the joy mellows out. Okay? That, in fact, if you put it in the, uh, in the realm of the jhanas, you could say then that the, the, the third jhana is the mellowed out uh, <clears throat> victory. And then the fourth jhana is the mellowed-out joy.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Okay, and there, there is no more laughter. When I say no more, let to say uh, not so obvious. Mellowed-out. Mellowed-out joy. In fact, uh, a lot of people don't. Uh, pay much attention to it, but I started paying attention to it even when Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa was there in front of me. I noticed this about him, and then when they would play the tapes, because they play the tapes of Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa, even today, they'll play tapes all day long in a certain part of the walk. And you can hear that chuckle
2: yeah, in can. his voice.
0: <laughs> you can hear that chuckle in there that he's just kind of amused by everything that he says <laughs> <laughs> about the Dhamma. And uh, I really enjoy that about about him, is, is that even though he's not howling with laughter, it's just the howling that stopped. The laughter is still there. <laughs> and yet you can see then that the Mahasi method is the dry way of doing it because it doesn't ever fully develop the feelings. It just squashes them. And I think that that actually is a system that was already Hindu.
1: Oh, I didn't really know about that.
0: Yeah. Well, it comes out of the ancient methods. I mean, meditation practice was really, really common. That uh, when when the uh, the Buddha before he was enlightened, when he was still a bodhisattva. <clears throat> They, they knew about the jhanas, and he practiced them with others, but it wound up not being enough for him. And when he came back to realize what was going on was is that one of the ways of saying it is, is that the students don't develop fully and stay in first jhana, which has the rapture and the pity, this born of seclusion, which it means of the hindrances. And that that was what he was missing. First, too, was is that everybody wants to go right through the jhanas. Which uh, and the the actual practice that the Buddha came across much later was no. We have to fully develop the first jhana, and by doing so, we fully develop the mind and fully understand how the mind works fully develop those feelings and understand how the feelings work through the teaching of Patja samupada. And so I would say that the drypassana method has in fact predated the Buddha rather than grew up somewhere in the midst of it, or uh, was added later
2: mm.
1: <clears throat> mm, it just it just seems a bit strange that um. They, they, yeah, they said we te- we only teach the meditation practice, or meditation instructions, <clears throat> not, not the tama, you know, uh, because. It, it, but then, I mean, there's still lots of ceremonies and and uh, ritualized um, stuff. Uh, I mean, lots of prostrations and and lots of chanting and. Um, but the the chanting is is the tama. It's it's right there. I mean, it's in Pali, but the translations are there and it's uh, in line with uh, the teaching but the yeah the the method itself it's not really um doesn't explain it too well
0: <clears throat> actually goenka spends quite a lot of the time in his lectures and the goenka retreat actually teaching dhamma uh the mahasi method um I find that kind of surprising uh, that the monk would say that because uh, the students get a lot of instruction. Hours and hours of of that 10-day course, uh, a couple hours a day is going to be in that instruction phase. And basically, there's not much to the method. You could fully describe the entire process in about 10 minutes. For those who understand it is because they don't understand it that we have to add all of this dom into it to give them reason purpose and whatnot like that to, to keep going that in fact that's one of the way, reasons why so many of them talk about is this particular retreat a failure based upon the criteria of what percentage of students left early hmm. so if half the students leave the class, uh, leave the retreat before the tr- retreat is finished, they would consider that a failure. But if 90% of them stay the whole course, they would consider that retreat a success. Okay? And what they're actually not doing is recognizing that the students, even though they have been told directly and easily how to practice, they don't understand it in that realm because this stuff is really profound that's why we have to add the Dhamma in and i bet that even though he's saying that um that we don't teach the Dhamma, we only teach the method we can't teach
1: Uh, You cut off at can't teach. Can you hear me? Okay.
0: yes. What I was saying was, is that even though he says that they don't teach the Dhamma, they do teach the Dhamma if the the course is successful. So I bet is what he's saying is we don't formally teach the Dhamma. We teach the Dhamma through teaching the method correctly. And if we only teach the method and not the Dhamma, then the students will quit the course because they're not getting anything out of it. But he's not intentionally formally teaching the Dhamma, but I bet he is. And so the surprise is, is that he'd say it that way. When in fact the other otherwise it's it's the case. Other here's the only other possibility, which I think is also common, and that is, is that the people who let us say in that fifty percent that left Let's look at the 50% that stayed and why they would stay is because what practice they're doing in their dhamma is delusional, magical, probably.
1: The reason why they stayed?
0: Yeah, the reason that (laughs) they stayed is, is because they want this magical jhana. The reason that they stayed is because they want these magical powers. The reason that they stayed is so that they could see rebirth check it out make sure yeah.
1: that it's true well, actually I I didn't stay the full recommended um length uh, because i I've been, already been through it and I, I went on their website and I saw A a picture of Ajahn Tong a giant picture of him on their website and I thought, oh this again okay, so I'll um I tried to ask can I can I go for a, a few days and like, oh no, you a minimum seven days um so I think I said like six six and a half because i arrived on saturday afternoon and then and then left the following saturday um but but yeah i didn't feel the need to stay any longer because um i mean what is there to get out of it really um it's it's, those
0: are those that leave early right it's what am i doing here what am i getting out of this (laughs) and those who who stay in those failure courses i'm getting
1: a lot of pain from the mindful frustrations, which are extremely slow and and kind of damaging my ankle, <laughs> um, and many people compl- many people talk about the pain and and the um, and they have to constantly be moving to to avoid otherwise the circulation cuts off in the legs and the, and everything. Um,
0: but you're talking I, about westerners.
1: I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah
0: because you talked about the ceremonies and the rituals and the chanting and i imagine that quite a number of thai people come for those things yeah yeah and they don't have any trouble sitting on the floor (laughs) no no it's only the westerners yeah why do you think that is
1: um we've talked about this before i mean i've come up (laughs) with some funny some funny things such as, oh, I, I'm important. I gotta be high up. I've I, I gotta have my chair, you know. Uh, maybe um, I like I like the Thai. How the Thai is like if they eat, they they eat on the on the floor um, quite a lot, on like a mat, and it's it feels much more communal, uh, much more. Um, uh, I don't know, like a shared experience rather than an individual experience. Um, maybe also lowering lowering themselves to put respected people higher, such as uh, the teacher, or if there's a a Buddha image, they don't want to be up so high, they'd rather be down low to show their respect to the Buddha. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: I know about that. Uh, But the point that I was making is is that it's the Westerners who have so much trouble sitting on the floor. And the reason for that is, is because as our society goes, when a child gets old enough, like at the age of two, they put him in a high chair. Yeah. And when we go to school, we sit in a in a desk and a chair. Now that's also true with with uh uh ties. Ties, yeah, yeah. But I've watched my uh uh many times that the kids are sitting on the floor when I yeah, was open so to
1: true. school.
0: Okay. Uh because it's part of the culture. So we can actually say that the the body as it's growing up is affected by whether we continue to sit on the floor the way that we were flexible when we were really little, and if we continue to flex that way, that in fact, most of the ties have a way of sitting that actually has the left foot curled under the right leg, and they sit kind of sideways. yeah. 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 And I never learned to do that. I could change I, I the legs, but the torso—I never got to. <laughs> I try.
1: I'm always off at a bit of an angle, and then I that's have to, what yeah. I'm getting
0: at is that you haven't gotten the backbone twisted well enough <laughs> to be able to sit straight up the way that they can when the legs are sitting on uh, on the side like that, because they've been able to do it their whole lives. Yeah, yeah. Or even in the lotus posture, I've got a. a uh, stepdaughter that I first met her when she was 11 or 12 something like that she's uh, about to graduate from university so that's the how many years I've been around about 10 12 years and since that time every time that I have seen her eat which has been on kind of regular basis at, uh from time to time she always sits in a full lotus <laughs> And I know that Westerners say, Why do you do that? Why do you sit in a full lotus posture in the ass? It's comfortable. Because it's really comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really comfortable if you're flexible enough to sit in that posture. It's quite stable. But Westerners, we make it into a competition. Rather than being able to sit comfortably, it's how long can you endure sitting uncomfortably?
2: Yeah.
0: So at Watson and Moke, they have much shorter. They only have 30 minute sessions, and even then, the students are recommended that if your legs are hurting, to stand up or even walk around.
1: Yeah, I, I believe I'm sure the if there was a problem at this retreat, then they would say, yeah, you feel free to move, and because it was the same thing at Um Wat Chom Tong. Um. But I know the sitting would be increased up to one hour, walking one hour, sitting one hour. Um, I, didn't, I didn't stay long enough to get to that. I got to 50 minutes, um, which was still uh, quite painful for the upper back eventually. I
0: know. Here's the point. Why do they make it a competition or a goal? Why don't we do it in the sense of sit as long as you're comfortable? And tomorrow, sit as long as you're comfortable, and there may may or not be a time difference in there. But if you keep sitting for long times and, and remain comfortable, then you'll be able to sit even longer more comfortable. But if you get in the habit of sitting uncomfortable, then even if you extend the time, you're still in discomfort. And that's
1: not the teaching.
0: And that's not to teach you no. no. So No, but that's the dry method again. So the juicy method is that you have to be comfortable. That's why anapanasati has step four of relaxing the body, so that you can relax the feelings. Because if your body is uptight, your feelings are going to be uptight, because you don't like what's happening in the body, and you don't want to move because you're not supposed to move. You've got a rule in the brain about not moving. But if you have full control and you can sit as long as you please and have pleasure, then that's what we want to develop, is the pleasure.
1: And I'm not really, I'm not um, familiar exactly with um, the 16 steps of insight. Like, I think you brushed up on them recently. Is that is that correct? Do no, I just no, no.
0: I, I just use the old brush. <laughs> OK, <laughs> well, well, I have brushed up often, right? I mean,
1: uh, the practice that I did might might just fall in line with it. I haven't checked, but um, like I, I well, used to, a lot of your your um, kind of right speech. Um, you know, uh, uh, this is a nice breath. And uh, um, uh, also like uh, I mean, I know they're all from the, the from the suitors as well. Like I see you, Mara. And and such, but um, and the doubling down of effort that you mentioned before really does sound like um, uh, when I was uh, walking and constantly going through stuff from the past, and I, I stopped and I, was, and I was like, okay, no, I'm gonna take the effort to look. You know, um, take a look at what you're doing. You know, um, you know, stop and take the effort to to look at what's going on in the mind. Uh, I think I, I remember you saying something along those lines. Mm-hmm. and and i i did i um because i was constantly being tricked um um being pulled pulled away from the what i'm supposed to be paying attention to by um the mind making up stories and and uh or even uh like characters of the mind saying hey i've got this problem you want to check it out let's let's walk over here and let's see what what this is you know in, in the mind and completely mm-hmm. forgetting um, and I, I was like, okay, now I'm going to really see what's, I'm really going to, uh, um, I'm really going to take a look at what's, what's going on. So um, I, I made that determination and um, every time it comes, you know, Aha, I see you Mara, you know, and, and making the effort to change, to, to actually uh, um, come back at, to stay at contact rather than, and, and to laugh at it, you know, to kind of uh, laugh at what was coming up and, and, you know, once once you point it out, once you like laugh at it, then it has no real power um, to because to, you're not grasping at it anymore. It's just like, aha, that again. All right. We'll move on back to the mm-hmm. present moment. And yeah, um, when we can yeah. laugh
0: at it, that means we don't care. So. Much. <laughs> yeah, I'm using the word care in the sense of uh, upadana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, when we don't care, then everything is a joy. <laughs> yeah okay and with the dry method the intention is is that you have to catch the caring and stop it you have to just stop okay and uh, uh the way of the the buddha is no we're not just going to stop it we're going to actually learn to control it completely in other words we're going to bend it around or change it around we're not just going to stab it in the back and leave it dead for dead we're going to train it as a serpent. and so that's the uh uh the distinction between the, the wet and the dry is that with the wet method which has the full development of the mind through the full development of the first jhana that when we reach the state of upeka it's still got that sliver of a smile left rather than deadpan
1: when we get to upeka there's still a smile you said
0: yes there's a sliver of a smile that's left So I'm glad that we're uh, that you're checking out all of these watts in uh, 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 the um, Chiang Mai area.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm I'm happy to happy to check them out. Um, I'd I'd like to find. I'm sure Wa Umong is just perfectly fine. You know, um, I've I've got a good monk friend there who I like to uh, like to visit sometimes, and he, he uh, shows me around different temples around uh, the mountains, sometimes like further out from the city went on a, on a great retreat um um in the uh, winter um in january um that was really nice It's very remote very far out and um it was uh i think a temple that many there weren't many monks there there were a few monks there but they were traveling you know and they stop off at the temple and, and then they leave a few days later on their travels again
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know so hopefully uh can um, look into stuff like that again.
0: Actually, Tudong is quite, quite, uh, let us call it, use the word popular in Thailand. Mm. Uh, the, it actually has to do with the uh, panja. That Panza is the rainy season, though the rainy season that they practice in Thailand is actually the monsoon of India. And they don't quite coincide that the monsoon, the real monsoon, is later in Thailand than it is in India. So basically Uh, about half of Panza is during September and October because that's the time when it's really wet and they use the same old calendar. So this is why they, at Wat uh, Amaravati and Wat um, is in England? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but especially in the United States at Wat Gary, they have their panza during the winter time, because that would be the wintertime. Smart, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're wise enough to make that <laughs> change, even though the Thai people had trouble with them moving the panza into the winter time, uh, but back to that point is is that that's the time when the monks are together. Let us not use the word cloistered, <laughs> but mm. rather that they don't move around much. In fact, the rule is is that once you choose wherever you start, Ponza, that's your base, and then you wherever you go, you have to get and spend only two nights away, and then you have to come back to that place.
1: Oh, I didn't know they could spend two nights away is that is especially it two it's two nights in the um, uh I, f- I forgot the what the rules are called now patty mock, is it
0: sorry what was that
1: it says in the patty mock, right is the rules i forgot the.
0: um actually the full vineyard is the vineyard. Whole set of rules but it also has a huge number of um, uh, uh stories of where the the rules came from and i think that that two-day exception is part of the uh, the Venia, not part of the Paddy Mork. The Paddy Mork, I don't think, has the uh, Panza retreats in it. Okay. But the so, rest of yeah. the year, the point is the rest of the year, monks are actually expected to be out and about. That there is actually a trail system that existed and was heavily used ever before there was actually a road Highway, I think it's A4, that comes from Bangkok all the way down into Malaysia, right? That road was even under construction uh, when I was at Wat Suan Mok. It hadn't been finished yet all the way. Uh, But the trail system that paralleled that and went through the woods was already well established. Particular campgrounds, it's almost like a national park system, monks that has been established Mm. over the centuries okay and that uh, during the year there's many many groups of monks especially around Panza because a whole lot of monks would get uh, into a walkabout or into Tudong to make it to watch So so that they could spend Panza there but after they finish Panza then they were back just all they just
1: they just need the permission from the um... Uh, preceptor, right? To, to leave and stay at that uh, temple?
0: Uh, for the first five years. Uh. Okay, and after five years as a monk, then you're kind of on your own and you can go where you want to go.
1: And um, the how...
0: intention of going and staying with other monks, not going off into the, uh, the hills or worse, still uh, going and living in a house that some layman has provided you with no monks around. That's what's frowned on. You're going yeah. to be a monk, you need to be in a watch.
1: Yeah. Um, and what about the seminin? Um, they're, they're not allowed to travel, I'm guessing?
0: Uh, they do travel, but in the company of senior monks, according to what their Upajaya says. And in fact, they're more than likely going to either be traveling with their Achan or the Upajaya. The Achan and the Upajaya are the two main preceptors. That When you have that very fancy ordination, almost all of the talking in Pali is done by the Achan. And the preceptor has a few things. thats basically, yes, I understand this, get next. And then the preceptor himself has a whole lot to say. And the trick is, is that to be an Achan formally, you have to learn a whole lot of Pali. And so there was one monk in the United States uh, who was just a star, world-class star at chanting. And he wound up do, doing the Achan part at most of the ceremonies of, of people who were ordaining in the United States. They would all call for uh, uh, Maha Samsak to do the, uh, uh, the chanting that's done. Mm-hmm. The other part, though, is, is that if you are very serious about becoming a monk, then you will demonstrate that by learning the Pali so that you do not need to be prompted or tutored during the ceremony, that you've got your part down. Not as long as the Achan's part, but there's quite a lot of stuff to it. A lot of it, by the way, is Achan Bante and uh, Nati Bante. Especially when they go into the part about, uh, do you have tuberculosis? Matebante. Do you have cholera? Matebante. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's the uh, the point is, is that uh, people who are serious about doing the ordination would, in fact, learn that. But back to the point about the tudong. Yes, the Salmonen go tudong. The Achan's go tudong uh that's that's part of the, the path that in fact many mm. many watts will have a statue of the Tudong where the guy ha- the the monk has a bowl his umbrella the the heavy sandkati that goes over the shoulder which is the extra heavy monk uh monk's robe this is all camping gear yeah yeah it's all camping gear and so he goes camping Out in the woods, he's got his tent, he's got his umbrella, which makes a tent. He's got his big Sangati, which will make a um, hammock.
1: Mm. And to bring this back to um, uh, the original uh, talk, um, I recently um, got taken out um, uh, by a friend to to visit um, their hometown, um, which is about two hours north of Chiang Mai and um checked out a temple there it was was very nice there was a a cave there which connects to uh Chiang Rai the same the same cave um where that got flooded and the the boys got trapped in there with the football coach right it's actually it actually connects through through that system to that same place um but it's not in Chiang Rai it's still in Chiang Mai uh, region Mm -hmm. anyway um she said um she's visited Um, Myanmar before Burma, and um, she wasn't very (laughs) impressed, in a way, by the the monks, um, or some of the monks, I should say, there. She said one of the monks that she uh, she met had been a monk in the temple his whole life, since he was, I don't know, like 12 or something, um, um, and never left for his whole life, never left the temple, and he was like... I don't know very it was an old man Mm
2: -hmm.
1: they just stayed in the temple through his whole life never venturing out again
0: (laughs) which makes him pretty ignorant of the world which is (laughs) both a good thing and a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
1: but it's a distinction uh, i mean between i mean I, i guess the the burmese method is is quite unique
0: Unique, yes, and popular. Hmm. Um, that the, As Buddhism was spreading, it looks like that the Mahasi method is the, the main way. I'm surprised that because students will get so much more out of Bhikkhu Buddhadasa's teachings. But Bhikkhu Buddhadasa <clears throat> was not interested, to be honest with you. It was Achan Po, not Bhikkhu Buddhadasa, who was interested in Westerners that Achan Bhikkhu Buddhadasa, his interest was is to get the Thai people to wake up.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And he was uh, quite adequate of that because we have literally millions of Thai people who now really better understand the Dhamma than uh, through the magical way that's it, most common.
1: yeah, I tried but to bring it Bhikkhu put the up at the tat Bikku as 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 often as I can when i when I meet a Thai person. Um, thought, it's, yeah, you're right. It's the older, it's the older crowd that that you know know about him. I was talking with a taxi driver yesterday and mentioned Vipul. Uh, you know, he smiled. He knew about him. Yeah, it's practicing my Thai. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, I think it's that because of of that sort of thing that it's just now bhikkhu buddha das is beginning to catch on in the west mm. that westerners will get much more value out of the practice if they uh add the parts back in that the Mahasi method has left out
1: can i ask about um the, re- the retreat at what swan mock is um i and i don't know, maybe i'm i'm just checking it out now to refresh mm. the uh, my memory um but how um tough is it there uh, on a on a retreat at white swan mock uh, is it is it a completely different thing from the Mahasi retreats or you know or is it similar very very orderly timetable and you have to sit this long and do you do you know about that
0: well they do have a schedule the last time that i was there that i had any real thing to do with the retreat was 2011 but I assume that what they're doing then was what they're doing now. Um, actually, there there is a kind of problem there that stems from the idea that only a monk should teach Dhamma. You've probably heard that before in Thailand, that, that, uh, that lay people don't teach Dhamma only uh, monks can teach Dhamma, and that mentality is in some people's minds and not others mm. Po and Bhikkhu Buddhadasa obviously thought that how are you going to be able to train a westerner unless you put him on in the fire you gotta let him teach okay make some mistakes and and get over it and become a good teacher uh, so Santi Caro taught many years ago, and then in two thousand and eleven, um, Ajahn Gamavajjo. He's Western, but he now is hanging out almost exclusively with Ajahn Po at um, uh, Deepa one.
1: I um, I called about a week uh, or, or two ago, um, and uh, I asked um, Deeper deep, what's it called again?
0: Deepa Bavon. above one.
1: Bhavan. yeah, I called. They said he's not there currently. Is at Wat Suan Mok. He went back, Achan Po.
0: Achan Po, yes, he goes back and forth. He is the abbot of Wat Suan Mok. That's oh, right. <laughs> okay, he's yeah. the abbot of Wat Suan so we ought to put in a, <laughs> an appearance from time to time. Okay, so back to the the, the issue of the retreat. Achan Po used to teach also the retreats along with um, Dhamma Vitu. When um, I don't want to get into the politics, but what happens right. is is that if you complain or make recommendations for changes to the, uh, the structure of the way things are done at that retreat center, then the management will show you the door. And I can name you at least eight people that that's happened to. And so my my style there is, is to really get along with them. Don't make any recommendations. Don't ask for anything.
1: Mm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I was willing to check out this retreat just because I was recommended by so many friends. I wanted to investigate. But I mean, I've before that, I I, I didn't really consider retreats, um, you know, since I've 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 done so many, and you know, kind of got the picture in a way. Um,
0: well, Achan Po and I were the ones who dreamed up the uh, retreats doing those at Wat Suan Mok back in 1983 when I was still a layman. That hmm. uh, that's when the retreats got started. I think the very first retreat was done by a monk named Brian who now lives in uh, Singapore. Uh, but when he disrobed, there was no... Western monks there until I came, Uh, and so that's when the retreats got started, so you can actually blame the retreats at what's so on me, because (laughs) I was there very early, and we did the retreats at the Boy Scout Scout camp, which is still on the map there, and it was while I was there that Po built the retreat center that has the fortifications and all of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stories behind but the upshot is is that right now i am let us say concerned because you e- how good the thai teachers are their english is not good enough to make a really good retreat for westerners their thai retreats are number one first class okay that in fact they've got so many retreat facilities they've got they've got For men and women, the original 60-room places, and now they have built additional places uh, that have 125 bedrooms each. 125 plus 125 is 250, plus 120 is 370 private rooms. Now, that's a retreat center. Why Mm. would they have so many rooms? Because the Western retreats, as best, will be 120 when they're maxed out this the first original 60. I don't think there's there's ever been a western retreat where they actually open the big dormitories but they always use the big dormitories with the Thai retreats because the Thai retreats are much better there than the western retreats. Partly the reason for that is because every westerner that comes there tries to fix the place and gets shown there. (laughs) That's what happened to actually some of the monks. That's what happened to Santa Carl. That's what happened to Dama Vitu. It happened to Brenda. Gosh, the list just goes on and on. It happened to Wilford. Um, so the the point there is to don't find fault with the place or you'll be asked to leave. If paradise. Place, yeah, it's paradise. It's already paradise. Get used to it. <laughs> if it's not a paradise for you, get the hell out. <laughs> Um, and the reason for that is nepotism. The guy who runs the place is actually the nephew, the real live nephew of Bhikkhu Dasa, and he runs the place and he does it the way he wants to do it. He doesn't take any crap from anybody because he's Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa's nephew. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's older than I am now, <laughs> he's in his 80s. Uh, but anyway, that's the issue with uh, the retreat center at uh, Wat and Mok, the International Dhamma Hermitage. If you already know how to practice and you don't need any instruction, you don't need any Dhamma hot dog, that's a really great place to go. Another great thing to do is to go volunteer there. Mm. But that's in fact what a lot of Westerners do because Dom Kiem is right next door. I don't know what a door means because there's a pathway and all of that. But anyway, it's about a 10-minute walk. But from Dom Kim, normally what happens is is in order for the guys to not go out on Vendabot all month long, they can take 10 days off going to Vendabot to get free food at the dining hall for the retreats. Ah, yeah, yeah. And that's where they wind up being volunteers.
1: So uh, with the food?
0: Because, yeah, the, the food's easy to get. Yeah. And it's uh, a little bit more westernized than what they find on the street.
1: Yeah. So volunteering volunteering there would, would mean what exactly? Do, do you know? Well,
0: hang out and enjoy your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. And
0: when somebody <laughs> comes by this not, <laughs> mention it to them. Hey, you don't have to feel bad. You feel good instead. And so the volunteers will do things like uh, the meetings that every student has a 15-minute meeting with teachers. Sometimes they're done in small groups of three or four or five people. But most of the time, every student gets about 15 minutes with a teacher. And quite often, those teachers are actually the volunteers that live at Don Kim. There uh I think her name is Ben. There's a Mechi named Ben who does a lot of the, the, the speaking at Washington. She's very, very traditional. She's very much like Achan Ranchuan, which is another uh Mechi that I knew there. So the instructions are given by an uh an elderly Thai lady. Um uh, Hasn't gotten English down at yet, but oh, she's got a beautiful smile.
1: <laughs> there were so many, so many Mechis on my retreat at um Rampung, this a lot, you know, and yeah, they're, they're great. Helping out with everything.
0: So uh, that about covers it. Uh, I would recommend, because Achan Po and Achan uh, Vitu both speak much better English, that the first retreat to go to would be the one at uh, Deepapawang or Samui. That's the place to go. That's a better place for beginners. If you're Mm -hmm. an old hand at it, then Watso and Mok, our retreat center, the International Dhamma Hermitage, is really worthwhile doing. In fact, at that time that I went there in 2011, uh, after I'd signed up for the course and made friends with this one and that one and saw Achan Meti and also Kun Mehta and and whatnot, Achan Po found me there because he had struggled. With me and he says, what are you doing here? Why don't you come with me back over to watch So <laughs> And the answer to that is, oh, well, I'm here to uh, uh, to check out Dhamma Vitu that I want to hear him talk. So that's why I was able to do that retreat. A-Chan Po didn't even want me to be there.
2: Hmm.
0: He says, what are you doing here? You don't need to do this.
2: This was at up?
0: This was at what yeah. November 2011. Hmm. Uh, so in uh, any case, We've got a lot of retreat centers here. There's two retreat centers here on this island, as well as I don't even know how many retreat centers there are on. Somalia.
1: Yeah, it's it was um it was quite um during the rainy season because it rained a lot. It, it was quite problematic with uh, laundry and and such. I didn't bring many clothes with me to uh to Rampong, and end up being very smelly wearing the same <laughs> same clothes um uh, because it was just problematic you know the laundry someone uh left their stuff in and uh well actually a monk left their stuff in um left their robes in and uh and it's like D- should i take it out now nah, i'm happy wearing the same clothes because i know other people aren't happy with the, my smell but i'm fine you know
0: well uh, rainy season is not going to stop you from taking a bath, and you can wash your clothes and then just wear them wet. In fact, I remember doing that specifically. I've never done that so,
1: before. <laughs> yeah. The,
0: at, at the Goenka Retreat Center, the monsoon was really, really a big deal. They even took one of the halls that they had and put little uh, uh, cooking pots full of coal and wood and all that kind of stuff. The room was really smoky. But at least it was warm enough to dry the clothes, because otherwise everything was wet. Mm. That even though they used this whole room for nothing but a laundry drying room, it was probably the the biggest <laughs> uh, uh, laundry. You know, the, they call them dryers in in America. This place was a whole Buddha hall that was nothing but a dryer. <laughs> 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 and it still had moss growing up the walls. That's how bad the monsoons were there. It just rained constantly. Um, and so if that was what was happening in Chiang Mai, I can appreciate it. And so the answer to that is, is that if you wear the clothes and think dry, the clothes will dry. If you If you wear the clothes wet and think wet, they'll stay wet.
1: i don't really understand that one
0: <laughs> it's it's got to do with your mind is your mind sharper? oh
1: meaning oh meaning way? oh do i have to feel down because my clothes are wet
0: right uh-huh yeah okay and so you're you're dead you're you're wet too but yeah. if you could say hot dog i can dry these clothes but you can't
2: mm.
0: you bring your yeah, right. um you can bring what we in time we call chiwet chua.
2: Wait, which meaning,
0: in, in Chinese is chi yeah in the black communities in America we call it mojo yeah yeah <laughs> get your mojo going so um
1: that's good I might have to give that a try I never I've never I've never worn clothes I never washed clothes and then worn them wet before they dried before
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe a little patch of uh uh whether the cloth is thick or a pocket or something but not the whole thing
0: yeah well after they're they're washed that's an easy way to dry your clothes put them back on what do you think the monks do that <laughs> the lower cloth is called the range cloth and it's used as a towel it's used as a washcloth and when you finish with doing that you put it back on hmm.
1: And I think, uh, I'm sure some some monks and practitioners would use some tama, you know, sharp breathing. Well, modern
0: times have changed, but the old traditions were hey, if you're going camping, if you're on Tudong, why'd you want to carry two towels because one of them's wet? What are you going to do with a wet towel anyway? You're out walking now. Are you going mm. to go walk around and then come back to where you were to get your dry towel? It may not be there.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: And so that yeah. uh, I think the word is either sarong or lungi, depends upon what country that you're in.
1: For the for the thick towel uh, for, well, that they wear underneath.
0: It's, it's not thick. It's just a piece of cloth, the range cloth. They mm. use it as a towel. I see. And you see that actually in. Uh, not not so much in the city but out in the farms out in the communities you will see both men and women with nothing on but a sarong or a lungi the men wear them too in fact my uh uh, landlord i've I've only seen him in pants one time the rest of the time he's wearing a lungi or a, a sarong I don't know what the Thai word is. I know that sarong is the word they use in Burma. Lungi is what they use in India.
1: Sarong <laughs> and in, in a what, sorry? Lungi. Lungi.
0: L-U-N-G-I.
2: And it's like a shawl that you wear from the waist down. Hmm. And every monk wears them.
1: Pretty handy. Yeah, lots of different uses.
0: Well, it's just a piece uh, of cloth. Traditional. That, in fact, if you look at it, the the monk's robe is nothing but camping equipment that you wear all day. Hmm. Take the robe off it now, and now it's a blanket. So I really appreciate this. Why don't we finish this call now? I think that we've pretty well talked. I really appreciate you giving the information about the Bats in and uh, Chiang Mai.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if I if uh, because it's usually when I'm when I'm talking about um, when I'm talking with with Thai people, they they're very su- If they don't know me, they're very surprised when I when I mention like Tama or, or, or Buddhism. And they say, oh, you know, they they usually talk about their favorite watts and stuff to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm willing I'm willing to do the investigation, you know.
0: Great. In fact, I've got a guy named John now. I think his name John. I'm going to send this video to him right away, because he's up there in Chiang Nai right now, and I think he'd get a kick out of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: <laughs> so. Anyway, Marcus, let's finish this call now and then give me a call if you got something else on your mind.
2: Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay. All the best. We'll see you.